Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. Tonight, after more than three weeks of chaos, House Republicans finally electing a speaker. Meet the new speaker, little-known Congressman Mike Johnson, a hardline conservative from Louisiana. How he united the GOP after three other nominees failed. Also, the key role he played in trying to overturn the 2020 election. And will he cut a deal to avoid a government shutdown just three weeks away? Also tonight, the stunning moment in court, former President Donald Trump storming out of his fraud trial in New York after the judge called him to the witness stand what Mr. Trump said that landed him a $10,000 fine. With Gaza on the brink, President Biden today reaffirming support for Israel, but saying it must do everything it can to protect Gaza's civilians. Our cameras in Gaza as a girl trapped under rubble is pulled out alive. And new images of terror. NBC News exclusively obtaining dash cam of Hamas's bloody attack. Hurricane Otis making landfall near Acapulco after exploding from a tropical storm to a Category 5 in just 24 hours. Forecasters calling it a nightmare scenario. Why it took so many by surprise. New video, the pilot accused of trying to crash a plane, led away in cuffs. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening and welcome. Congress has a new House Speaker tonight, ending three weeks of uncertainty and chaos that along the way crushed the hopes of a string of high-profile Republicans, all seeking the job after Kevin McCarthy was booted from the post. Instead, late today, the Republican majority mustering the 217 votes needed and then some to lift a relative unknown, Louisiana's Mike Johnson, to the Speaker's podium. Johnson, a hard-right conservative who in just hours was propelled from minor party leadership role to second in the constitutional line to the presidency. The new speaker sworn in this afternoon in his first remarks declaring the People's House is back in business. Our Garrett Hake has been following all the drama leading up to today's vote and has late details. After three chaotic and leaderless weeks, tonight the House once again has a speaker. The speaker-elect, Mike Johnson from the state of Louisiana. Louisiana Republican Mike Johnson elected on a party-line vote with the support of every Republican, every Democrat opposed. A stunning rise for the Trump ally and low-ranking member of the GOP House leadership team, now second in line to the presidency. The challenge before us is great. But the time for action is now. Johnson is a staunch conservative on issues like abortion and government spending. He also played a key role in efforts by then-President Trump to overturn Joe Biden's electoral victory in the 2020 election, history noted by Democrats today. Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election. No amount of election denialism will ever change that reality. Are you worried that a Speaker Johnson would again attempt to overturn the election? No. Johnson's election caps a turbulent month for the House, beginning with the ouster of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy and the elevation and withdrawal of three other GOP nominees before the party settled on the relatively unknown Johnson late last night. If you don't think 
that moving from Kevin McCarthy to MAGA Mike Johnson shows the ascendance of this movement and where the power in the Republican Party truly lies, uh, then, then you're not paying attention. The eight Republicans who led the effort to remove McCarthy declaring victory. The only way to change Washington is to change who's leading Washington, and that is what we did today. Johnson jolting the chamber back into action. I believe we're going to be able to get this team to work together. With the House voting hours after his election on the first bill of any kind in nearly a month, a resolution supporting Israel which passed with overwhelming bipartisan support. So, Garrett, what's on the new speaker's plate now? Well, Lester, the thorniest issue will be funding the government, the same issue that ultimately cost Kevin McCarthy his job. Government funding runs out in a little more than three weeks, and the House has wasted the last month, so the new speaker will need to put a plan in action soon to avoid a shutdown just before Thanksgiving. Lester? Garrett Hake at the Capitol. Thanks. And I'm joined now by Kristen Welker, the moderator of Meet the Press. Kristen, you have new reporting about how all this came together. Lester, that's right. The newly elected Speaker Mike Johnson is the son of a firefighter, a cultural conservative, as you just heard Garrett say, definitely not a household name. But look, he won support from GOP moderates in part because they were under so much pressure, as one told me this afternoon. You can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Now, Johnson will likely have a steep learning curve as someone who has never been in a top leadership position. He represents a ruby red district in Louisiana and now has to hold together this razor thin Republican majority. So it's going to be tough. Before I let you go, a headline of the former President Trump's civil trial today. What happened? This was a dramatic turn of events, Lester. Former President Trump stormed out of a Manhattan courtroom after a tense day after the judge refused his attorney's request to dismiss the case. The judge in this civil fraud trial also called Mr. Trump to take the witness stand to explain disparaging comments he made in the hallway about the clerk. The judge said those comments violated a gag order barring Mr. Trump from making personal attacks. The Republican frontrunner was fined $10,000. Outside court, Mr. Trump insisted he has done nothing wrong. Kristen, a little news of our own to share with folks. You and I will be moderating the Republican primary debate on Wednesday, November 8th, live from Miami. Hugh Hewitt will join us as well. And Kristen, there will be, I suspect, a lot to discuss. A lot to discuss. Looking forward to it, Lester. Absolutely. Thanks very much. The Israel-Hamas war will be one of the many major topics in that debate. And today, President Biden pressed Israel to protect civilians in Gaza. Chief Foreign Correspondent Richard Engel has late details. The Middle East tonight is on the edge of disaster. Gaza is being flattened. Horrific images are stoking rage across the Muslim world. Tonight, President Biden tried to pull the region back from the brink, saying Israel has a right and responsibility to target Hamas, but that it has an obligation to protect Palestinian civilians. Israel has everything in its power. As difficult it is to protect innocent civilians, that's difficult. He condemned Hamas for using civilians as human shields and says he has no confidence in claims by the Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry that 6,500 Palestinian civilians have been killed in the last two and a half weeks. I have no notion that Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. I'm sure innocents have been killed, and it's the price of waging a war. Israel's allies in the Middle East were more blunt. Jordan's King Abdullah saying stopping the war on Gaza is an absolute necessity and that the conflict can lead to an explosion in the region. The president of Egypt, the first country to sign a peace accord with Israel, delivering the same message alongside French President Macron. In Gaza today, our crew filmed building after building destroyed by Israeli airstrikes. 
Israel today said it's targeting Hamas tunnels that run under homes, schools, and hospitals. In one building, we saw this little girl inside of what's left of her apartment. Rescue workers tell her to stay calm, that they're nearly done removing debris. Her leg is trapped under concrete. They try to free her without collapsing the pocket she's in. And finally, she's saved. Hamas's backer Iran today blamed the United States for what's happening in Gaza. Pro-Iranian militias have already carried out probing attacks against U.S. bases in Syria and Iraq. Today, Hezbollah in Lebanon released this ominous photograph of the group's shadowy leader meeting with senior members of Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad in front of a photograph of Iran's supreme leader. President Biden had a message for him. My warning to the Ayatollah was that if they continue to move against those troops, we will respond, and he should be prepared. And Richard, President Biden also making headlines today with some pretty blunt criticism of Israeli settlers on the West Bank. Uh, this was a different speech than we've heard from President Biden since the start of this conflict. He said he's alarmed by extremist settlers attacking Palestinians in the West Bank, and he called for a return to the peace process based on a two-state solution. Lester. Richard Engel, thank you. As we've been reporting, hospitals in Gaza are struggling to care for all the wounded, and many Palestinians are looking for a safe haven. The Gaza Health Ministry says the entire system is collapsing. Ellison Barber has that story. This is the scene inside Gaza's largest hospital, overwhelmed with wounded, running out of every essential supply. Doctors tell us many of their patients are children. This is a nine-year-old boy with a huge blast defect in his back. But at least Al-Shifa Hospital is open. The World Health Organization says six hospitals in Gaza have already shut down due to a lack of fuel. The Ministry of Health in Gaza, an agency of the Hamas-controlled government, says the number of closed hospitals is actually twice that, saying the health system in Gaza is in a state of complete collapse. We're running out of everything from simple dressings to complex burns dressings. We have over 150 patients ventilated in intensive care areas. The hospitals throughout Gaza that are open, struggling to keep up and in desperate need of fuel. Israel's military Hamas has plenty of fuel and that they could provide it to the overrun hospitals in Gaza. Hamas denies this. There is no room for additional patients, the health minister says. We are now using hospital hallways and staircases to treat the injured. Humanitarian aid is coming in, but not fast enough, given the demand. At Gaza's main morgue, even the shrouds used to cover the dead are running out. Ellison Barber, NBC News, the Israel-Gaza border. As the world debates the military response, 19 days since the worst terror attack in Israeli history, its leaders are trying to frame the stakes, today laying bare the brutality in graphic detail. Here's Raf Sanchez. It felt like there couldn't possibly be new horror left to see. 
No brutality that hadn't already been shared or live-streamed. But tonight, with global attention turning to the spiraling death toll in Gaza, Israel's military trying to keep the focus on the massacre that sparked the war, inviting NBC News and other journalists to a screening of raw video from the October 7th Hamas terror attack. I have some sense of what's in this footage, and I've been trying to prepare myself, but I'm still anxious about what we're going to see. For 46 minutes, we sat in stunned silence, watching video filmed by Hamas and filmed by their victims. Much of it had never been seen before. And while Israel's military is not releasing the clips because they're so graphic, they allowed us to describe what we saw, including a terrorist throwing a grenade into a bomb shelter where an Israeli father is shielding his two young sons. The blast kills the father and wounds the little boys. One of them howls, why am I alive? And tells his brother, I think we're going to die. A Hamas gunman stands over them, drinking Coke from their fridge. It's not clear what happened to the boys. I'm sure that you can figure out that they are worse than ISIS, the way they behave. The military released this video from a Hamas dash cam exclusively to NBC News, saying it shows a terrorist using a heavy machine gun to mow down survivors fleeing from the Supernova Music Festival. Because I knew I just have to survive, I just have to run. Millet Ben Haim was among those running for their lives. When I was growing up, there is this movie uh, about the Holocaust. There is this uh, scene that they are uh, running uh, and there is people shooting at them and there is also like bombs on the ground. And I remember really thinking about this scene because it was so similar. She hid in a bush with friends for hours waiting for rescue. I don't know who I am and, and I feel like a ghost most of the time. Raf, it's a lot to take. Is there a sense this video could be seen eventually by a wider audience? Yeah, Lester, this video has only been shown to journalists so far, but many ordinary Israelis are saying it should be made public for the whole world to see. All right, Raf Sanchez, thank you. Now to some late-breaking news just in. Let's get right to Liz Kreutz, who has the very latest for us. Liz. Lester, we are following breaking news. Maine State Police are investigating an active shooter situation right now. This is happening in the city of Lewiston, about 45 minutes north of Portland, Maine. Police sources say 22 people have been killed and dozens more injured. The Central Maine Medical Center says it's reacting to a mass casualty event. Police have released this photo of a suspect. You can see a man there holding a rifle. Law enforcement say a shooter went to three different locations. The gunman is still on the loose. A manhunt is underway. The city of Lewiston and surrounding areas have issued a shelter-in-place order. Residents are on lockdown. They've been told to stay inside with their doors locked. Now, according to a senior White House official, President Biden has now been briefed. Maine's governor also says she is aware of the situation and closely monitoring. Again, we know at least 22 people have died in this mass casualty event. This is a rapidly evolving situation unfolding right now, and we will continue to monitor. Lester. In 60 seconds, the unexpected impact of Hurricane Otis, the strongest storm ever to hit Mexico, surprising everyone by how quickly it blew up to a Category 5 storm right after this. Hey, friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. 
See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. The UN Refugee Agency, or UNHCR, responds to emergencies and provides long-term solutions for refugees. They provide aid in over 130 countries, including Ukraine, Syria, Afghanistan, and Sudan, where people are forced to flee from war and persecution at their greatest moment of need. UNHCR helps and protects refugees by providing food, shelter, medical care, and other life-saving essentials. The agency jumpstarts relief in three key ways. They transport core relief items stored in even the most remote areas of the world. They deploy expert emergency staff trained to help in crisis situations. And they transfer funds directly to support the emergency. Because of generous supporters and donors, UNHCR can scale up its response within 72 hours of a large-scale emergency. Your support helps provide life-saving aid for refugees whenever and wherever emergencies occur. Donate to USA for UNHCR by visiting unrefugees.org slash donation. All right, back now to tell you about Hurricane Otis making landfall near Acapulco after exploding to a Category 5 storm overnight. Forecasters calling the rapid intensification a nightmare scenario. Miguel Almaguer now on the storm that caught many off guard. Making landfall is the most powerful storm to rake across Mexico's Pacific coast as a Category 5 hurricane, Otis tore through Acapulco overnight, battering the resort town popular with Americans. A dangerous combination of whipping winds and relentless rain severed communications in the beachside city. All communications have been lost, says Mexico's president. The storm has atypical behavior. In just 24 hours, a tropical storm with 50-mile-per-hour winds explosively intensified into a Cat 5, packing 165-mile-per-hour winds and 26,000 lightning strikes, with an increase in rapidly intensifying storms often linked to climate change, the hurricane caught most by surprise. Luisa Pena says, all I could ask for was one more chance. I hid in my closet and prayed. With hundreds of thousands in the dark, landslides have cut off supply roads, and now a 4.4 earthquake has struck the area. Tonight, amid a national plea for help, the storm is weakening, but not before leaving behind a trail of destruction and misery. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. And up next, the very close call as two planes collide in Houston. Some scary moments at one of Houston's airports. Two private jets colliding after the FAA says one of them took off without clearance as the other was landing. We get more from Tom Costello. On the ground at Houston's Hobby Airport, evidence of a very close call. The tail end of a private Cessna severely damaged while landing. The FAA says it happened when this twin-engine hawker took off without permission, its wingtip striking the Cessna in air. Radio traffic captured the confusion. You guys cleared somebody to take off or land, and we hit them on a departure. Fortunately, no injuries. With pieces of both planes littering the runway, Hobby closed for three hours. Understood. We were stopping all aircraft. We stopped all rivals. Airport is shut down at this time. Arriving planes forced to divert to other airports. Departing flights delayed or canceled. Now an NTSB team is leading the investigation. 
on Twitter, writing, A Hawker airplane was instructed by air traffic control to line up on runway 22, but the Hawker started a takeoff roll and its wing collided with the tail of a Cessna. The Hawker continued its takeoff but returned and landed. It's the latest in a year of close calls on the nation's runways and in the air. Last week over Portland, an Alaska Airlines flight aborted its landing in heavy wind and mistakenly turned into the path of a departing SkyWest flight, only turning away after repeated instructions from controllers. For all that drama, Tom, you've got an update on the off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot charged with trying to bring down a regional jet. Yeah, that's right. His attorney today said Joseph Emerson, quote, would never intentionally hurt another person and was not under the influence of any intoxicants when he boarded that plane. Emerson allegedly told police he was depressed and using psychedelic mushrooms 48 hours before the flight, Lester. All right, Tom Costello, thank you. That's nightly news for this Wednesday. Thank you for watching. I'm Lester Holt. Please take care of yourself and each other. Good night. Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com.